This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Alright guys, thanks for coming back to this Masters Class episode um, of the MCU Review. Uh, we're still in Phase 1, and we're on to the second movie now, which is the 2008 film, The Incredible Hulk. Ooh, Hulk smash. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, you know, could also be called Green Fight Club. That's yep. true. Because it is a movie about a guy who is, gets physically violent and a personality he doesn't realize is inside of him. That's very true. So well, the MCU still very much trying to find its footing here. We had a Hulk movie already by Hulk. Ang Lee. Don't even, don't even, don't <laughs> even. Right? Okay, but so Eric yeah. Bana was Bruce Banner. And... Uh, I, I saw that movie on a bootleg DVD, like the ones that you would buy in the street in the city on the blankets yeah. and stuff. And it was an unfinished copy of The Hulk by Ang Lee. So the CGI wasn't complete. You had like animatics oh, in, in a lot of the scenes. Right. And when you did see The Hulk in this in this copy, he, he didn't have pants yet. Like they hadn't animated oh, his pants. So it was this big, ugly, naked Hulk. I probably would have enjoyed it more. I paid money in a theater. I wrote better Tim and yeah. John to see this movie. <laughs> better movie. That movie. And it was, I mean, I, there's just oh, <laughs> one thing to sum that movie up. Mutant French poodle. Yes. That's yes. it. This yeah. movie had a mutant French poodle in it. Two of them, no less. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, and, and, and you didn't see the Hulk. Was it an hour and a half in? I think it was yeah. an hour and a half in this movie before he turned green. Very darkly lit too. So once you yeah. did see him, you're like, "Is that it?" Oh, it oh, was. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Oh, but I, anyway. I bring it up because the way that movie ended was the way that this movie began. So it felt like a right. continuation. Which mm -hmm. why? Like why, why? I know. Yeah. Very very odd. Yeah. Um, so this movie was from 2008. It was directed by Louis Leterrier. Is that how you pronounce that? Leterrier. Leterrier, Leterrier, yeah. Leterrier. I, yeah. Um, and written by Zach Penn. Um, this is what most people refer to as the forgotten MCU movie. Uh, mostly because you can't find it to stream anywhere. <laughs> it's not <laughs> exactly. on Disney Plus. It's not on any other streaming services. Um, I, it's it's harder to, to just find because I think they're trying to basically bury it. Um, the... So here's the funny part. The budget for this movie was $150 million. On <laughs> opening weekend, it made $55 million. Mm. The domestic gross was $134 million. That's not now, great, man. worldwide, it did make 264 but so it broke even. 
Yeah, basically. Um, that was it. I mean, it didn't make money. It broke even, given marketing and stuff. Yeah, so this wasn't, you know, the best received Marvel movie. <coughs> we'll find out as we go through it and give our ratings whether it's an actual good movie or not. Yeah, <coughs> I, I have to I have to agree, man. It It felt weird because it felt like a, a rehash of a movie that wasn't that old, just with a different actor cast in the role. Um, and this was like the height of Edward Norton's fame, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this was this was prime Norton. Yeah, Tim Roth in there. Uh-huh. Which, you know, like, who can argue with casting yeah. Tim Roth in anything? William Hurt, I mean. William Hurt, yeah. Like, pretty, pretty fantastic cast. Liv Tyler. Yeah, Liv, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler, Liv Tyler. You know. yeah. I, I, you know, still we still better did, than another movie by her. Shaw, stop it! I just had this conversation because we recently did that thing you do, so I watched it a couple of times. Liv Tyler always sounds tired. Yes, yeah. I couldn't put yep. my finger on it, and my wife actually was tired, and she's talking to me over the phone. I was like, "You sound a lot like Liv Tyler in that <laughs> thing you do right now." That's Where awesome. She's just like, "I've wasted um, a thousand kisses on you, Jimmy." <laughs> Like, it also has uh, Ty Burrell in it, which is pretty fucking funny. Yes, yes. yes. For Modern mm-hmm. Family, who, speaking of that thing you do, reminds me of the fucking drummer in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Yes. I definitely see that. Yeah. So this is basically the equivalent of that thing you do in the MCU. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> right. And everyone exactly. loves it except I mean, for Joe. Exactly. I mean, I no, don't it's know. it's it is a weirdly forgettable movie. It's like the black sheep of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Almost, yeah. You know? yep. Especially At one point, now. When, when I'm watching this movie in the Brazil, I couldn't remember if I was watching this or Fast and the Furious 5. <laughs> <laughs> there was favelas. When are we doing that re- retrospective, guys? <laughs> oh, that might be our next master's class after we get through the MCU. We might do the Fast and Furious franchises and master classes. Oh. oh, man. Tim might actually want to do that. He loves- that would be fun. Those are fun movies. They're yeah. stupid, but they're fun. Oh, they're dumb fun. They're the dumbest, funnest movies ever. That's what the yeah. bottom line is with those. They are so these dumb. master classes will be our, our our excuse to go through these big franchises that we're never going to do as full movies. Yeah. There's just too many. Yep. <laughs> okay. So in the opening credits of the movie, we see how the Hulk was born. We get Bruce Banner, played by Edward Norton, and Betty Ross, by Liv Tyler. They are both scientists working on a project that involves making body making the body resistance to certain types of radiation. Specifically, gamma rays, which were the most harmful kind... So that way there's lead sheets that are required. Gamma However, rays? Some... You mean big turtles? No. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. Go <laughs> ahead. Sorry, I won't do that again. No, that was a good joke. I, I appreciate right. I, I give credit to that one. Thank credits you. Too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> However, something goes wrong. And uh, through the banner, or at this point, the Hulk's eyes, we see him destroying a lab, killing some scientists. Um, injuring the project overseer who is known as General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, played by William Hurt. Mm. Uh, he does come back later, doesn't he? Is it Tim? Is it still William Hurt that plays Ross later? Yes, yeah. every time. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. Um, and rendering Betty Ross, who is his daughter, um, un- unconscious. A little later, we see Bruce at the bedside of Betty, um, who is wavering in and out of consciousness. Uh, suddenly, Ross is there in his arm. Um, or Ross is there with his arm in a sling. This is Thunderbolt Ross. The problem is you have two characters named Ross, and then yeah. whoever <laughs> writes notes forgets to write their first names. <laughs> so suddenly, Ross. Thunderbolt Ross is there with his arm in a sling, screaming at Bruce. 
Uh, Bruce runs away, and we get a hunt beginning as Ross tries to track down every possible lead he can to find the location of Banner and the monster that lies within him. So, it's a really quick uh, setup of like how he became the Hulk. They didn't spend a lot of time. This isn't like Iron Man in a cave for half a movie building a suit. Yeah, they're like, listen, you guys know this shit. This shit was on, on TV in the 70s for years. Like, you get yeah. it, man. He gets they're mad. Like, you can like watch a scientist work around the laboratory for a while, or we can smash it. You yeah. know, use your yeah, choice. Exactly. Yeah, I think Eric, you, that's a good point because for non-comic fans, the Hulk was the most well-known. Yeah, yeah. Of of the Marvel heroes, well, you know, of the uh, Avengers. Well, yes, yeah, yeah. That's but even just with like a, 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 a at home like a television presence, man. That Lou Ferrigno yes. show was pretty popular. Yep. Oh, I Dan, Dan, Lou Ferrigno does week. cameo in this movie also. Oh, yes. God, he does, doesn't he? Yep. Throughout this movie, we get a timer counting down to how many days we've been without incident. At this point, it's 150 days, or 158 days, and we're now in Brazil. We see Bruce wake up from a nightmare. Where every, uh, basically, it's a recount of everything that's happened to him so far. Uh, he groans and then starts going about his morning routine which includes feeding his dog Rick and trying to learn Portuguese by watching Sesame Street. <laughs> Wait, his dog's name is Rick in this? Yep. Oh, fuck. Uh, that's, that's... <laughs> he, he compares what he hears to a Portuguese English dictionary. Too bad they didn't have Google Translate at this time. Right. That sucks. Uh, he... I, I'm sorry. This is uh, I'm checking in <laughs> as the resident comic book nerd, but his best friend in the comics is a guy named Rick, and the fact that they named his dog Rick is just <laughs> stupid. Well, Continue. the dog is man's best friend. That's true. All right. Yeah. I'll allow I mean, it. I like how you you were cool with the butler being turned into a robot. Yes, I like that. <laughs> but, I like that very much. Can't have a dog named Rick. No, no, no. Um, he also is spending time learning relaxation techniques, which is an effort to control his heart rate and keeping himself from becoming too excited. Uh, he goes to his job, which is a day laborer at a local factory. He's handing out dry goods and cleaning up messes while avoiding the older tough guys at the bottling factory. Occasionally, he helps out with the electrical aspects whenever something breaks, which just so happened to break today. As he's fixing it, um, he's joking around with the manager, um, but he cuts himself on a metal clip, and then blood starts to fall through the graded floors onto a belt. And Bruce starts to freak out, yelling for that belt to stop. Now, everyone, rightfully so, is confused because this is, you know, South America. They don't give a shit about fucking regulations and, they, <laughs> no. the, you know. There's no OSHA the, here, man. There's right. no OSHA. There's no, like, uh, FDA. None of that shit exists. This is Brazil. Um, so, Bruce no, inspects. You didn't say that right, Joe. Fast nine. This is Brazil. This is Brazil. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. Fair enough. I, I got you. All right. Um, so, Bruce uh, runs down and expects that area where the blood fell. He cleans it up and gives it the all good. Um, and as the belt starts and people start talking about this crazy gringo, no one notices that a drop of the blood fell into a bottle currently destined right, for I'm the United States. I'm going to keep going. He's a gringo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. God, Doug, you're on fire. Uh, are you no, sure? No, bottle. I'm sure you're, you're not human to torch, Chris Evans? <laughs> In fuego. I'm sure you're gonna get to this in your notes where that bottle ends up, but oh yeah, the Stanley cameos in these MCU movies oh yeah are yep. such a fucking treat. 
Yes. And Stan Lee, you know, it was, it was such a fixture of like the comics and, you know, he was the editor in a lot of these comic books later on. So his voice, like it, there's permanent real estate in my head where Stan Lee will always live. Every mm-hmm. time I crack open one of these, but hello, true believers, you know, like <laughs> it's just to have him ugh, in these films made them extra special. I concur. So, unaware that one of the bottles was contaminated, Bruce starts to leave, but notices that the same tough guys who usually give him a hard time are coming on to an attractive co-worker named Martina. Bruce stops the action by asking Martina if she'd like to have lunch with him tomorrow. But the leader of the gang decides he's going to come up to Bruce. Now, Bruce cautions him in Portuguese by saying, Don't make me hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. <laughs> Which I feel like Snickers uh, kind of you know got in on this later. Yeah, right? Yes, yes. Uh, confused, Bruce goes over to the... Goes over this um, just as the manager starts to come by and enables him to escape, you know, a beating and head for home. He stops along the way to pick up a package from someone. Um, and once he gets home, Bruce boots up his homemade computer and makes contact with somebody named Mr. Blue in America. Together, the two of them are working on a cure to Bruce's little problem. And after dicing up the package of flour or a flower and applying its juice to its blood, Bruce regretfully types, no change, to which Blue types that he should come to New York and get more date contamination levels, um, exposure rates, types of radiation, you know, the whole works. He glances at a photo of Betty that he keeps with him and regretfully says that he can't do that either, and he just decides to power down for the night. Meanwhile, at the Pentagon... Ross is receiving a report from his chief assistant, Major Kathleen Spar, played by Christina Cabot. There's an old man in Ohio who died after gamma radiation or gamma poisoning from a fruit drink that came from Brazil. Now this man is Stan Lee, the Marvel creator. Excelsior! <laughs> uh, Ross then quickly orders a team down there. The next day, they put together with no small amount. Put together this with no small amount of efficiency by his old army friend, General Joseph Greller, played by Peter Mensa. The team is then headed up is then headed up by a Russian born but American trained Emil Blonsky, played by Tim Roth. Ross informs them that their target is a scientist who has stolen military secrets and he will definitely be a fighter if, if he's cornered. They fly down to Brazil. Bruce uh, then gets a message from Mr. Blue saying that he may have had success, but he needs Bruce's blood to be sure. Bruce is pretty reluctant about this, but carefully sends it off to him. That night, Bruce is sleeping soundly, and Rick starts barking. Meanwhile, the commandos have taken up position outside, and they're scanning the room with a camera. Rick promptly eats, or tries to, but... Um, oh, which Rick eats? He eats the, cam- the camera. Sorry. Uh, disgusted, the commandos blow off the door and trank the dog, uh, firing a dozen tranquilizers also at a sleeping Bruce Banner. They whip the covers off and they notice that it's just pillows. They start hitting the streets to, and, and uh, find a rope attached. And they get a little ahead of Bruce, who is hiding behind the apartment of Martina just below him. After giving them a few minutes, Bruce hits the ground, but is immediately spotted by Blonsky. 
He makes a run for it, going across rooftops, up the sides of buildings, and at one point narrowly misses running into a too-shocked-to-move Ross's arms. As he's running, he manages to crash into some people that turn out to be that same gang from the factory. They join in on the chase, and Bruce ducks into the factory to let them to lose them all. But unfortunately, the gang spots him, and they see the chain swinging, and the troops see the gang. So the gang catches up with Bruce. They start pummeling him, ripping off his backpack, tossing it aside as he begin, you know, starts to beg them stop, because his heart rate is getting too high. He's yelling out in Portuguese, "Me, angry, very bad." The leader laughs and moves in for the kill, while the troops are also nearing the fight. But suddenly we see a green flash from Bruce's eyes just as a dart hits him. Um, they, they blame Bruce and start him again, but suddenly the leader is thrown 100 feet through the walls and the other men start screaming. The troops can't make out what's happening on the inside, but Ross does hear the audio feed and begins yelling at them, shoot, go live, do something. They switch to live rounds at the, uh, as the last of the gangsters are finished off and the creature turns to leave. He smashes his way out of with a big vat of something. The troops open fire, but the bullets just bounce off him like plastic. The creature roars and starts in on them as Blonsky tries to get into a higher position for a better view and a better shot. He finds, just as the last soldier is finished, that he can take a shot, but the creature notices him. We get a bunch of shadows passing, and suddenly Blonsky is face-to-face -face with Hulk. Hulk picks up another vat and slams it down, and Blonsky goes flying as Hulk heads for the jungle. He pauses only to give a victory roar. <laughs> Hours later, Ross and Spar are going through Banner's apartment um, and computer when Blonsky comes in, demanding an explanation for what he saw there. Ross says that he did a good job and he just tells men to pack up because they're leaving town. So we get this first like kind of Hulk scene like our actual where we see the Hulk but we don't really see him because it's a shit ton of shadows and it's really been hidden yeah yeah. Um, but we know Ross knows where he is he's found him now they've triggered him he's he's become the monster he didn't want to become it's funny how they were still in this kind of this is what you would expect during this time period or even the 90s let alone 2008 was like we're gonna show the Hulk a little bit at first, but just in the shadows and make him super scary. Where, I mean, now Hulk in a movie, they literally cut to homeboy in a diner eating pancakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, hey yeah. guys, like it's such an opposite feel. The MCU now, the way they treat that this character in particular, then it almost feels like they still didn't know what to do with the Hulk at this stage. It was like, well, just do kind of. Do a similar movie to the one we did, you know, they did a couple of yeah. years ago. Just kind of, I don't know, like, uh, he's got to fight someone as strong as him. We don't have the French poodles anymore. <laughs> you know, they did Honestly, Abomination. I really like the Harlem Hulk known as Luke Cage. Luke Cage is strong. You know, I'm he's strong and bulletproof. About, uh, she Hulk coming to Disney Plus first. Oh, yeah. 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 They're shooting it already. Cool. wrapped already. Yeah, man. But yeah, it just it just still feels middling. It still feels like uh, we got to do what you expect, which is he gets mad, he breaks shit, you know, he's Hulk smash. <laughs> Very King Kong, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're still doing that whole thing. So, so we now get our timer reset. One day without incident, Bruce wakes up beside a waterfall. He's not really sure where he is, but he sees his pants hanging off of him, really torn. 
He heads over to a truck and heads for the road. Uh, the driver now tells him that he's in Guatemala, and the driver's going to take him into town, where Bruce proceeds to work his way north and pick up some new clothing while he's in Mexico. Meanwhile, Blonsky has finally succeeded in wearing down Ross enough to tell him what happened. Ross explains that back during World War II, there were a lot of special programs being worked on to give America the edge. Almost all of them were under an infantry weapons development program. One of them was a program for biotech force enhancement, more commonly known as super soldiers. Another little sneak peek to what may be coming down the line. Easter egg, you sneaky bastards. I know what you're doing. About five years previous, Ross had dusted off that program and began trying to put it together again. He recruited Banner and his team to work on it, but then something went very wrong. Or very right, depending on how you look at it. In either case, the end result, according to Ross, is that Bruce Banner's entire body is now, in his opinion, the exclusive property of the U.S. government. The two men sit there, and after an exchange about how they're both fighters, Blonsky says that he, if he could put what he knows now into his body from 20 years ago, that he would be somebody that you wouldn't want to fight. Ross smiles grimly and says, maybe I can arrange something like that. Blonsky stares at him, intrigued. So we get a little bit of foreshadowing here for a couple things. Uh, Doug's favorite, you know, Marvel Avenger, the Captain America, the super soldier. Mm-hmm. We also get a idea that maybe Blonsky's going to become a little bit more than he is right now. Maybe he's going to be all that he can be. Move a little further into the future, 17 days now without an incident. We're at Culver University in Virginia, and we see Bruce heading for the old science department where the Hulk was born. However, the appearance of the security guards checking IDs, you know, kind of like this makes him change his mind. Uh, Deterred, he heads outside and sees a building housing all the science teachers. Um, And who should come out of this building but Betty? She's chatting amiably with a friend of hers. He stares stupidly at her as she eats outside. And then she looks up towards him and smiles. He ducks behind a tree. Yeah, because that always works. (laughs) Uh, But she actually was smiling at her new boyfriend, Leonard Sampson, played by one Ty Burrell. He's a psychologist extraordinaire. Now, both deterred and defeated, he heads to an on-campus pizza parlor where the owner, Stanley, uh, played by Paul Soles, who is an old friend of his. Uh, Bruce asks about Samson, which, um, which, uh, I'm sorry, my mind just went blank there. Uh, he also, but he also asks for two more things, a place to stay for a few days as well as a job. The next day we see him delivering pizzas in his old uniform. And one of those stops happens to be to a science lab where he talks to a guard. This guard is played by Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> um, now to, to pause real quick. We touched on on Leonard Sampson, who is Betty Brandt's new boyfriend in this movie, played by Ty Burrell for a Modern Family. Yep. Leonard Sampson is a character in the comics called Doc Sampson, and he's like a more regular-looking Hulk, like just real muscle-bound, but he has green hair. Oh, nice. <laughs> so just imagine homeboy from Modern Family <laughs> just yeah. shredded with like long flowing green hair. It's the funniest thing in the world to imagine. But that that's is who pretty he's funny. playing. Yeah. 
like a pre like a pre superhero version of that character. So it's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, another um, little Easter egg. You know, it's kind of kind of neat. Uh, so Lou Ferrigno lets him upstairs. Uh, after he gets up there, he bribes the head computer genius with the pizza he has, and he gets on one of the computers to look for data on the experiment about him. But there is no data there. At this point, Bruce contacts Blue and tells him the bad news, and then he gets out of there. Later that night, Bruce is getting ready to leave, and Stanley is getting ready to close up when the two final customers come in. It's Betty and Samson. They begin chatting with Stanley as they're unaware Bruce comes or as an unaware Bruce comes down the stairs. Just as Stan consents to making them a pizza, Bruce opens up opens the kitchen door and sees Betty, who sees him also. Her mouth is open in shock, but she looks again um, but when she looks again Bruce is already taken off. She runs outside but doesn't see him hiding behind a dumpster, and once again backs in once back inside, the bully, she bullies Stanley into spelling the truth. I don't know why that's so hard to read. <laughs> um, so Stanley has to tell her the truth. A while later, we see Bruce walking in the rain on a highway with a theme song playing, hopefully. <laughs> and then Betty uh, pulls up behind him. He sees her and she runs to him, but like she's begging him, don't go. Uh, soon they're pulling into the house that she shares with Samson. Damn shit, elevated quickly, apparently, because this has only been 200 days, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she reveals that, uh, that she has a present that she kept for him. Um, all of the data from their experiment on a nice little portable drive. How he convenient. Tells her, huh? How convenient. I know, right? Um. He tells her that he can't stay, but accepts her offer of money and a ride to the bus station in the morning. Uh, meanwhile, we see Thunderbolt Ross pulling the serum out of cold storage and preparing Blonsky for injection, which he does warn will hurt. Uh, for his part, Blonsky just grins his teeth and tells him to go on with it. The next day, Bruce and Betty are walking through the college campus to the bus station when Betty pauses to fix his Bruce shirt, um, you know, trying to make him a little more fashionable. As she does, though, he sees a soldier move from behind a column of one of the buildings and tells her to get as far away from him as she can. He bolts as that soldier moves in. She looks around for the command vehicle um, and convinces you know, her dad, Thunderbolt, to come out and begs him to stop. He ignores her request, though, and orders the rest of the team to move in. Bruce ducks into a library and removes his pack. He fishes out the drive and forces it down his throat before moving on. I hope it was waterproof. <laughs> um, however, the uh, pause has caused the soldiers to be able to catch up to him, and they trap him in an overpass as Blonsky moves in. They fire two canisters of knockout gas into the bridge, but Brilliant Banner does, at that point, transform and leaps out. He begins fighting the soldiers, leaping all around them and crushing their vehicles. But Blonsky moves in and leaps around the Hulk like a mosquito. He starts peppering him with rounds from a grenade launcher. Uh, he gets the Hulk to follow him into the path of two sonic blasters, which pepper Hulk with sound waves. Unfortunately, Hulk sees Betty crying out and manages to take, take them apart using the nearby sculptures. Blonsky gets pissed off and approaches Hulk and um, gets slammed into a tree and nearly breaks every bone in his body. Uh, that was Ross, brutal. 
By yeah, the way. it was pretty bad. That was um, well done CG, and it was friggin' brutal. Yeah, I'm just a fan of sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's a little teaser. Um, uh, Ross orders a helicopter just as Betty's running towards Hulk. Hulk throws part of the statue at the chopper, which crashes and makes a huge inferno that envelops the Hulk, who then, you know, covers Betty to keep her safe from it. Um, though she does go unconscious. Hulk looks at Betty and sees Ross standing there with Spar. He snarls at Ross, turns, and heads off. Later, we see Ross's uh, team taking everything Betty owned out of her house as Ross tells Samson that he did the right thing by calling Ross. What a little bitch. Um, in turn, Samson calls Ross the bigger threat. You know, he's trying to, like, you know, well, I only did it because you're a bigger threat. Um, because Hulk actually protected Betty, whereas Ross like, put her life in danger. Uh, Ross says that her safety is his utmost concern, but Samson says that his best feature is that he always knows when someone's lying, and he now knows why Betty never talked about him. Um, so this is a kind of a cool little little fight scene we get here. We get Hulk smashing shit, throwing things around, breaking things. Um, you know, we were introduced to the the, the charismatic Ty Burrell. Yeah. Um, he's not even that much of an attractive man, but he just so much charisma. Yeah. I mean, this is what you want out of your Hulk movie. You want some fucking, some smashing, some CGI fuck fest. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it looks pretty good. I mean, this Hulk yeah. that they animated is a huge improvement on the Ang Lee Hulk. Yeah. Um, it looks mean and it looks like kind of shredded, whereas like that Ang Lee Hulk just looked like sort of thick and dumb. Like right. this one looks menacing <laughs> right. and angry and, you know, like. Yep, it's um, like the big green machine. Yeah, man. Like, uh, it, I'm not mad at it. In fact, I was going to mention this earlier. If If you. The MCU has a, you know, a pretty lengthy list of movies at this point, um, and it's hard to sit, like watch all of them in earnest. So some genius cut all the movies down to make them episodic. So it's like That's season cool. one of the MCU, and you get like an hour. Like it's like you're watching it on HBO, basically. Right. It's, it's kind of like what we're doing. Kind of like what we're doing, yeah. So you get bits of this movie, but you don't have all of all of it and uh, yeah 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 it kind of jumps around from movie to movie within the phase so you get a little iron man you, it jumps to the hulk jumps That's to cool. cap and uh when you when you watch it that way when you get the really good parts of this movie it is good it's decent but when you sit through the other half of it you're like oh god <laughs> yeah um so later that night in the north carolina mountains uh, the great smoky mountains national park which I actually know where that's at because I've been going there a lot lately. Uh, Betty wakes up in a cave to the sound of a thunderstorm. She sees Hulk staring down at her curiously and screams. He jumps and comically hits his head on the ceiling of the cave. But she does calm down. Uh, we get a lightning strike which Hulk then screams at and throws a rock into the sky because this is a new challenger to him. Um, which is ironic because it's kind of foreshadowing for the fact that he will fight Thor eventually. Um, he's yeah. yelling at the lightning, and Thor is the god of lightning. Um, Betty again calms him down, reassuring that, you know, reassuring him like a mother would a frightened child. Eventually, he does go to sleep. 
The next morning, she and Bruce wake up and drive into town uh, where Betty gets them a motel room and Bruce takes a shower and coughs up the data chip. Betty grabs him some new clothes and together they go get a used car with cash they got from a pawn shop by pawning her old mother's necklace. Um, As she's paying, though, Bruce uses a public computer to send the data to Mr. Blue, a.k.a. Samuel Stearns. at his Empire State University email address. Uh, even worse now, Ross's team, with the help of Strategic Homeland Infiltration Enforcement and Logistics Division, better known as SHIELD, is able to capture this email and figure out where they're heading, the Empire State University. Meanwhile, Ross, who is now checking in on Blonsky, who has had, you know, who previously had more broken bits than the Titanic, is shocked when Spar shows him a fully healed Blonsky, who is now pissed off and ready for round three. Uh, Back with Betty and Bruce, we see them heading for New York when Betty asks what it's like when he changes. Bruce's answer to this is that everything is just more amplified. It goes up to number 11. (laughs) It's like he's the the bass player from... uh, What's the bass player guitar player in uh, Uh. Spinal Tap? I think it was a guitar player. Oh, my amps go to 11. But wouldn't you just make 10 louder? Yes, but they go to 11. <laughs> um, so Betty points out that there's something they can, that there's something still there that's him. Um, using like the ability for him to recognize her as evidence. So maybe if Bruce could learn to control it, but Bruce intercepts her saying that he wants to get rid of it. The next day, the pair are in line at the Verrazano Narrows Bridge when Bruce notices a police checkpoint. They get out, sneak around to the back of the truck, and head down the docks, where after one boat ride, they find themselves in the city and get a cab to ESU, which turns out to be the most frightening ride ever and has Betty screaming obscenities at the Lascivity... I can't say that word. The cab driver. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just pause you real quick to say something about this fucking Verrazano Bridge? While we're on the subject. That fucking bridge was apparently structurally unsound for like 15 years. And I drove across that thing all the time. And all I could think (laughs) about was like, all they talked about was like, yeah, technically, like, we're still driving over this thing, but it could collapse at any moment. And they were building like the new Verrazano Bridge next to the old one. So I just look over at the new one that wasn't ready yet. Like, I'm going to die today. <laughs> is, is that the one that goes to Staten Island? Yeah, it'll yeah, get you. Or, yeah, or it'll hell, get you. As, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Staten Island, not a great place to go. But no. yeah. Well, I mean, it is if you're a vampire. Or a racist. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm or sorry. a racist vampire. Exactly. I, I can't believe I said that out loud. Uh, or it's Pete also Davidson. where Wu Tang. It's also where Wu Tang came from. Yeah, Wu Tang, Pete Davidson, right. or those guys from Impractical Jokers, man. Yeah, Staten yeah. Island's got a lot to offer. <laughs> yeah, Fresh Kills Park. <laughs> yeah, which who the fuck names anything Fresh Kills? Like what the There's hell? There's a is lot that? of kills. There's a lot of different kills in yeah. New York, in New York a City. Of, a lot of murder. It's a Staten weird Island. name. For I, I think it actually goes back to the Revolutionary War times. I think, but I'm not sure. All right, so back to the joke here. As they're crossing the bridge, she starts screaming obscenities at the cab driver, and Bruce says, you know, I can show you some techniques to manage your rage a little better. 
which is pretty funny. Um, it's the one comic point in this movie. Um, eventually, they do get to ESU without murdering the cab driver, and they meet a small, quiet, and unassuming young man known as Samuel Sturms, played by Tim Blake Nelson. Being thrilled to meet both of them, he brings up them up to his lab and immediately starts talking, where he warns that if they miscalculate too high, the dose could actually kill Bruce. Um, in turn, Bruce warns that if the dosage is too low, it could be dangerous to Stearns. Although, Sturms just laps us off, not believing him. I mean, who could, though? <laughs> like, who believes he's going to turn into this weird green monster? Uh, regardless, they set about recreating the experiment with very little trouble. Um, they managed to draw a Hulk out and inject the antidote as Betty struggles to keep Hulk from lashing out. The antidote takes effect, and Hulk reverts back to a hyperventilating Bruce. Meanwhile, on a military base, we see soldiers prepping prepping to move out um, and Blonsky is exam examining himself in a mirror. Uh, unnoticed, his spines elongate and start to extend out from his body the slightest bit. He boards the chopper and Ross asks him how he feels and he says, like a monster. In the lab, Stearns is proposing his latest theory that what they injected Bruce, Bruce with was just a suppression of one episode. He starts to talk about his subjects which causes Betty and Bruce to stare at him in horror and ask, What subjects? Gleefully, he smiles and shows them a room with tons of distorted fetuses and other synth synthesized bags of Bruce's blood, all of which Stearns was able to make from the one sample that Bruce sent. Bruce and Betty tell him that he needs to destroy all this blood right now, but Stearns can only see a future Nobel Prize. Bruce starts to become agitated, but a sniper suddenly tags him from the outside just as Blonsky rushes in and knocks him out. Um, at the same time, he shoves Betty aside extremely roughly. A team takes Bruce out as Spar says, or Spar stays behind to supervise his cleanup. But as they do, uh, Betty storms onto a waiting chopper and away from a man that she no longer wants to call her father. Uh, we hear Ross whisper to Bruce um, before he gets loaded on. If you took it from me, I'll put you in a hole for the rest of your natural life. Uh, back on the ground, Spar is interrogating Stearns when she gets knocked out from behind Blonsky. Stearns is terrified, but Blonsky says that he wants Stearns to turn him into what Bruce turns into. Stearns is eager to oblige for regions that actually have nothing to do with Blonsky's threats. He just... Um, but he does warn Blonsky that the result, you know, thanks to what Blonsky already has in him, could be an abomination. No, oh, really on the <laughs> nose with that one. Uh, Blonsky lifts Stearns to the ceiling and uh, says that the counts, or that that counts as informed consent, and the ball starts rolling. As Betty and Bruce share a moment in the chopper, Stern's procedure starts to take hold, and Blonsky, which is now the abomination, starts to smash up the entire lab, spilling chemicals and Stern's, whose head bubbles and begins to grow large and flatter as he grins. I miss that level of on-the-noseness in my comic book movies. Like, I, yeah. I, 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 I kind of want that cheesiness back. Like, what are you, some kind of joker? And then the joker yeah. shows up. Yeah! <laughs> like, come on, it's... Uh, but I digress. What are you, some kind of Iron Man? What are you, some kind of man made out of iron over here? Like, <laughs> oh, look at this. What are you, Captain America? <laughs> exactly. 
Fuck yeah! <laughs> and then I like um, the I like the misdirects like they used to do like in uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man when he wants to be called the Human Spider. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> it's like you fucked up my name. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Um, Blonsky leaps outside and starts tearing up the streets and any soldiers that are left there and one of the soldiers gets a message off to Ross that the Hulk is loose Ross looks over at Banner though who appears just as shocked and says that that's impossible they do manage to get a visual on screen and they see the abomination tearing apart the city Bruce realizes at this point only one thing can stop that and Ross surprisingly enough agrees with him they move over to the um, to the where where they're at and open the back door. Uh, Betty begs, begs Bruce not to do it, saying that they don't know if he'll change, but he says he has to try. They kiss each other and then he allows himself to fall backwards. He passes the level of the buildings and manages to say, "Oh shit!" Then all of a sudden, smash! A huge hole appears in the middle of the pavement, down the street from the abomination. The slow, the Hulk slowly pulls himself from the hole and roars. Blonsky hears this and grins, and we now have two monsters running towards each other. You know, Joe, I actually have the, uh, I have what Betty Brant said to, um, you know, as part of her speech there in that scene. Do you remember okay. it? She goes, uh, can I say something? <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, from now on, you stay away from me. I've wasted thousands and thousands of kisses on you. Kisses that I thought were special because of your lips and your smile and your green muscles. Color and light. Yeah, I'm sorry. And then Bruce looks at Ross and goes, I smash Smash! Smash! <laughs> I, I smash. smash, Betty. <laughs> oh. So as the two monsters run towards each other in the street, they leap and collide in midair. Uh, Blonsky is carrying the way, dazing Hulk slightly and punching him down the street. However, Hulk just shakes it off and then decides to tear a police car in two and launches it at the Abomination. Blonsky takes the hit and then unleashes one of his own. He punches Hulk through a building all the way downtown. The abomination roars in delight and chases after him. They climb up and over buildings to catch up as Ross orders the chopper gunner to open fire on Blonsky. Blonsky barely, barely avoids all of the bullets and catches up to Hulk, pummeling him some more before deciding to grab hold of the copter itself. Hulk sees this and then realizing Betty is in there, roars and grabs hold of Blonsky, creating a copter abomination Hulk chain. The pilot says that it's way too much weight and he has to put her down while the Hulk and abomination continue their battle on the landing struts. The battling becomes too much and the chopper finally crashes near a construction site. Um, as Betty and Ross pull themselves from the wreckage, Blonsky keeps beating on her. Um, or beating on Hulk. Suddenly, a spark from the main rotor hits a gas puddle just below the chopper. Hulk sees this happening, becomes angrier, and it seems even bigger, and manages to shove the abomination aside just in time to create a sonic boom that puts out the fire 
uh, creating a limited vacuum. Meanwhile, the Abomination has found a huge chain that just happens to have two mace-like attachments on the end and starts to swing it at Hulk merrily. Hulk manages to get under it, get a hold of the chain and wrap it around Blonsky's neck and pull it tight. And Blonsky starts going unconscious. He pulls it tighter, determined to kill the source of the hurt and um, pain when Betty cries out to stop. Hulk sees her and calmly obeys. The Abomination is still out though, so Hulk tosses him to land at the feet of Ross before letting loose with another victory roar. He quiets and for a moment all is still. No one moves as the Hulk gazes distrustfully at all the people with their loud guns around him when suddenly a second chopper appears with a searchlight blaring. Hulk roars in frustration and takes to the roofs again, running off. He reaches the coastline and... A few days later, we see Betty on Liberty Island looking sad when she stares up at a big green, at a big green woman. <laughs> uh, we hear a beep from her back pocket, and she pulls out a camera that she had forgot that she had gotten while on the run with Bruce, and sees a picture of him, not quite smiling back at her beneath the words "low battery." The camera suddenly powers down and Betty sighs, saddened by the loss of the one proof that she had of their time together. So that was our big fight scene in this movie. Um, you know, they tore up some of New York because that's kind of like a theme we're going to get through these movies is the destruction of New York. Yeah, somebody's um, pissed in New York. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we get the introduction of the Abomination character, which we do see him later, right? Isn't he the one that um, in Shang-Chi that Yes, yeah. a little cameo, yeah. and they fixed him yeah. up. He looks more like he should. He does. He yeah. does. yeah, he has like the weird like gills on the side of his face. And yes, shit. yes. Yeah, man. So I mean, New York is very Marvel. Like you had DC and Marvel as your two main comic companies, whereas DC decided like we're gonna make up all our cities like Metropolis and Gotham <laughs> and shit. Marvel was just like, hey, New York City, <laughs> that's where we uh, live and work. So fucking guess yep. where Spider Man lives, motherfucker, Queens. <laughs> Yep. It's it's a very New York centric uh franchise. Absolutely. Yeah. Um we now see thirty one days without incident. In Bella Coola, British Columbia, we see a shack set up deep in the mountains. Inside we see Bruce addressing an envelope to Betty. When he's finished, she opens the flap and puts inside and puts her mother's necklace inside, making sure not to be rough with it. That done, he sits down and meditates thinking about what everyone told him about control. He closes his eyes, breathes deeply, but when he opens again, they're glowing green. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, this we do have not, not great, is it? <laughs> we do have the obligatory post-credit scene. Um, we hear General Ross saying, Reload! And then we find him sitting in a bar in a city um, with his uniform undone. The bartender is refilling his drink as the door opens, and we see Tony Stark enter and, and uh, sidle up next to Ross. He offers his condolences on failing to capture Banner and losing control of Blonsky, and saying that he did warn him against pursuing that super soldier program since it was shut down for a reason. Ross sighs, acknowledging Stark, saying that he always wears the nicest suits, to which Stark smiles and says, Touche. Mm. Um Stark uh, says that he heard that Ross has that Ross had an interesting problem, and Ross responds by saying, 
Well, you'd know all about that, wouldn't you? Not to be outdone, Stark follows up with, You know, we're putting a little team together. Thought you might be interested. Finally letting his curiosity override his caution, Ross says, Who's we? (laughs) And that is uh, the Incredible Hulk. Damn. The teaser at the end was better than the whole movie, man. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know it's one of those things that makes you sort of forget what happened in the movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, a little bit. So this is like Green Fight Club with a bunch of traveling and Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, exactly. Not one of their um, stronger uh, outings. No, no, they were still yeah. learning, and yeah, I, I definitely say this movie suffers from a character that really is one note. Yeah, and and they're also in a stage where they're afraid to experiment in the way that they are now. Now they will throw shit to the wall that you're not expecting whatsoever. Yeah. Look at Thor, right. look at modern Hulk, like Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Yeah. They yeah. they were a little afraid to deviate from like what was expected of the character at this stage. Yeah. And like, what uh, does Hulk do? Hulk smash. Yeah, and it it hurts the film because it it really hampers what kind of stories you can tell. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Also, like, where is Mark Ruffalo is more of like a personable character. Edward Norton is really just like an insufferable prick. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Does, it's kind of yeah. it's what he's known for in real life too. But apparently, yeah. I just read some trivia that the the director he wanted Ruffalo, but the studio said no way. Huh. So oh, then he had a cave to it. And and to to go to the reason why Norton isn't the Hulk is. He was a big pain in the ass on set. He he rewrote the script yeah. almost every day, <laughs> and 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 he does that on every movie he's in. Like that's why he started writing his own movies because he kept getting shit about it. And and he writes good movies. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, he didn't he didn't ingratiate himself to the Marvel team, so that didn't work out. Yeah, I could see yeah. that. He doesn't seem like the most fun cat to work with. No, no, no. And Terrence Howard's just kind of crazy, so that's why he lost <laughs> Roby. He's a little nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, so. So that that was that movie. Um, I'm not going to play our, our, you know, wonderful intro we say for the, the actual movies, but how do you guys rate this one on, on the MCU scale? Mm. On the MCU scale, this is one of my lowest rated films out of the 20-something that we get so far. Yeah. Um, but it has redeeming qualities still, and and I'm gonna be very forgiving on these because, you know, again, like I'm such a fanboy. Um, it's a Hulk movie, doesn't do a lot. Get a lackluster villain. Um, you, you know, we get the Betty Brantness of it, which is a nice nod to the comics. I give it like a two point six out of five. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. I'm sort of I'm sort of in the same boat, same description. For me, it's probably my least favorite of all the yeah. movies. You know, because even the the bad second Thor movie, I have a special place in my heart for. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's Eccleston yeah, or it's got Thor in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, I like a two point three for me. Yeah, that's all I can give it. Yeah, I'm with you guys. It's not a great movie. Um, 
I mean, it does have a couple cool things. The cast is like one of the better parts of this movie, right. even though they weren't yeah. utilized correctly. Yep. They they were there. They showed up. Um, <laughs> they showed I don't up. know. <laughs> uh, like I said, it's, it's bad when I can't tell the difference between, you know, uh, Paul Walker hiding in Rio versus him hiding in Rio because there's so many same beats in that. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, and CGI fuckfest galore, man. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. hard to even tell what's going on. Your hero and your villain look almost the same in every shot. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of motion blur used. This is probably also, for me, one of the lowest rated Marvel movies. I don't know if it's going to be the lowest, but it's down there. <laughs> like, it's yeah. pretty bad. Um, I'd probably say like a 2.1. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. It works. I, I'm just leaving a little room to go lower if I want to go lower, but I don't yeah. know if I will. Um, there's going to be other movies that are around this rating, but, you know, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. This is this was a tough one, man. This is a tough one. I'm glad they were able to recover from this and, and yeah. continue doing cool shit because this could easily have tanked like what they were trying to do. Yeah. You know, the, the MCU, as it were, was still young enough that... You know, I mean, we've seen Batman franchises get killed by a bad movie. So, yeah, um, yeah not uh, no Excelsior on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no true believers for the 2008 Incredible Hulk. It stinks. It's bad. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> it stinks. Yeah. There not you great. Go. All right, man. Yeah. Well, fucking. It's it's fun getting into this. Uh, what's coming up next? We got we're still at phase one. We're gonna look at what Iron Man two. Yep. Iron Man two will be the next uh, phase one movie that we drop down. Um, you should have got this movie on the same day. We we give you Iron Man one. We'll give you both those episodes, and then the next two episodes we will give you will be Iron Man two with uh, Thor. Thor. No, isn't it Avengers? No, no, we, we get Thor. We got first. Iron Man two, Thor, then Captain America, first Avenger, then Avengers. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Okay, I forgot. You know, yeah. Forgot so your favorite. Your favorite. Yeah. We need that first Thor movie where his eyebrows are a totally different color than his they're, hair, they're, and that's yeah, all I can focus on for fucking two hours. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it is. It's hard to watch now because of that. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. really is. So. Yep. So we're gonna thank some folks. Yeah. All right, we'll do that now. So Let's we want to thank our uh, Patreon members. Uh, fantastic group of people. They support us every month, and it definitely helps. Um, we'll start with Hannah Christ, uh, our founding Patreon member. I hope you're having fun, honey. She's in Disney right now. Um, we got Mr. Peter Bianco uh, from the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast, Mr. Brian Gower. Um, from our podcast, Just Surprise Me, Joe and myself, our co-host, Will Lehew. And uh, Mr. Tony DeGraw, just a wonderful human being. From the and Signal Path podcast. Signal Path. I have that right there, the Facebook and podcast. Yes. As well Sorry, as the soon-to-come Texas State Boggle Champs podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be the That's My Purse podcast, but somebody already took that. Oh, damn. Of course. Damn. Of course. Um, and uh, we have Mr. Michael McVeigh. Uh, thank yeah. you, everyone. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep. We do. We do. We do also have some sponsors, Eric. Yeah, I'd like to, as always, thank uh, 
Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Um, also, this month, we'd like to thank uh, the Pinball Lounge. And uh, yeah, we've talked about it, you know, in this episode, in the previous episode, but they've got their Rush Pinball uh, release celebration. Check that out. They have a uh, their website, which I will read to you now. It is thepinballlounge.com. Very cool stuff, man. I play their pinball machines at Hourglass Brewing, um, and I'm a sucker for that stuff, man. <laughs> if you can theme, theme something out and I could feel like a little kid again, like it's amazing. I showed you we have a Ghostbusters one at our movie theater here. Yes. That's cool. Oh, my God. So much fun. So, yeah, thanks to Mo. Thanks to uh, Pinball Lounge. Thanks to Hourglass Brewing. And thanks to uh, you for listening. Yeah. We'll see you guys on the next Masters class. Lights. Camera. Fuck off. Hey, guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh, yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. I'm hosting Jeopardy. Are you, though? Listen, guys, we we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say. Uh, We are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, You get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You can either be... A friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And all with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on, that's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.